0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me as always is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Willie McKenzie, co-founder of Les Coast Holdings. Willie, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? I'm great, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Why make that transition from California to Michigan? Was there a moment where you're like, hey, I want to take this to the regulated market? What was that, that feeling internally?
1: Yeah. So 2017, I had a really rough year. You know, a a lot of people who have been in the medical market have, you know, established facilities in places where the municipality has said that it's okay to have medical marijuana but there's no guarantee that that municipality takes on a recreational ordinance right so you may have a store a medical store you may have a medical farm and that that city or that county may not have a rec ordinance and so you may not be able to take your facility in the rec market and that happened to me unfortunately on four farms right so i had four farms that were okay for medical that were not okay for rec i started getting big fines from the county, $25,000 here, $5,000 a day here, and had to shut down all my farms. It was also a big fire year. Um, we had this big fire in Santa Rosa, it smoked my whole crop out right at harvest. And so, uh, you know, I lost like a million dollars that year. And it was really licking my wounds and and trying to figure out what to do next. And this opportunity to come to Michigan popped up. A good friend of mine was from here. We're in Manistee. That's up here. And he owned a bowling alley and had some local connections and was going to go after a retail license. So I said, uh, let's go. Check out the Midwest. Was there a educational or learning gap when you had to go
0: from California to Michigan? Like, obviously, California is the the main center of the cannabis industry and has continued to be one of the leading voices from an educational standpoint and skill standpoint. So when
1: you transferred over to Michigan, was there differences in the rules and regs that kind of surprised you? Yeah. I mean, there's so many differences. I was coming out of the illicit market, let's call it, you know, entering into the regulated market, thinking that, you know, I've been a successful business person in my life. And then I have this, I built, you know, seven and eight figure businesses outside of cannabis before. And then I also have this uh, native cannabis knowledge from you know cultivating for so many years that I was kind of putting myself into a position to be very successful. But when I got here, I was like, holy shit, this is another level, right? This is no longer like if you have a little bit of business sense and you can grow weed, you're going to win. You have to be sophisticated to be successful in regulated cannabis and the learning curve has been extremely steep. I went from um, a dude who ran a construction company and did sales and owned pot farms up in the hills where we sold wheat and turkey bags to you know an executive of a eight figure business in a matter of like two years you know and having a hundred employees and dealing with a, a regulated Industry that I had never dealt with before, and having to you know have CFOs and uh, deal with raising money and all this kind of sophisticated stuff that I had never gone through before. So I had to take certain steps to educate myself. I took some classes at Harvard on accounting because I had uh, some big problems with accounting in the beginning, and I had I was paying people who I thought were smart, and they were just giving me bad shit, but I didn't know it was bad shit because I'm not that smart. So for me the biggest like hurdle and the biggest difference has been like educating myself and leveling myself up as an entrepreneur, as a founder, as an executive, so that I can play and survive in this regulated market. Because this is, you know, it's not a full CPG business yet, but it, it's pretty damn close, you know? Kind of taking that in the same direction, you're having
0: conversations with the people in the mastermind group. Then internally, you're thinking to yourself, hmm, this would be really great to bring to the cannabis industry. Who's the first person you you asked about? You said, hey, does this fit in? Is this something you're looking to join? How did you
1: kind of brainstorm that idea next? Yeah, so I mean, I kind of, um, I talked to a few people about it. I talked to Anthony Allegretti from 40 Tons. He was really interested. Um, There were some people in my network who I knew were interested in personal development and um, kind of leveling up and learning from each other and sharing best practices. But unfortunately, you know, our industry is really coming out of the shadows um, and really compartmentalized. People still have this scarcity mindset where like sharing what I'm doing that's working is is a bad idea because I'm gonna take food off my, my plate if I give it to you. And that's just, that's the wrong idea, you know? It's like, we gotta share information because a rising tide lifts all boats. Who is a person that should join this group?
0: Is it just for executives? Is it for lower level operators? Is it for people wanting to enter the space that are unsure about the fit? Who who's the group for?
1: It's for uh you know, it's for founders, it's for executives, it is for people who are operating plant touching cannabis businesses and people who are operating ancillary businesses in the cannabis space. And it has been extremely valuable, you know. The feedback that I've gotten from people and the interest that we've gotten—I've had 450 applicants, and we've got 26 people in the group. Obviously, so we do a pretty good job of vetting because it's really important. Um, the group is only as powerful as the members, and so we've been pretty, you know, careful about who we brought bring in. It's got to be somebody who's going to gel with the group. But yeah, operators, executives. Plant touching, non plant touching. It is a a great place for people to get mentorship, mentor, create uh, bonds. You know, the other thing is, people in the group are from all over the United States, right? We got people from Colorado who have been operating for 10 years already. We got people from New Jersey who are, you know, building their first store right now. And for a guy who's been, um, you know, operating retail in Colorado for 10 years to be able to mentor somebody who's just literally building their first store right now is like, that is massive. You know, God, I wish I had that when I first started because I would have made, I would have made so many different decisions, right? I, I wouldn't have this big complex vertical operation. I'd be an asset like brand, like, you know, my guys from uncle Arnie's and 40 tons and, And old pal, you know, those guys are crushing it without facilities. And I'm like, fuck, that sounds like such a good idea. So
0: if you could put anything on a billboard, metaphorically speaking, to get a message to billions of people, could be an image, a quote, a word, or something that inspired you, what's the first thing that comes to mind?
1: Fortune favors the bold. What question do you wish more people asked you? Oh, what question do I wish more people asked me? That's an interesting question how did you get sober? I think sobriety is a superpower. I think more people could benefit from it.
0: When you started your journey in the cannabis space, what did you get right? And most importantly, what did you get wrong? Right,
1: quality, culture. Um, I, I, I'm from the culture. I've been doing this for a long time, well before the government said it was okay. What did I get wrong? Branding. You know, I'm a, I come from selling weed and turkey bags, man. And putting it in cute packaging. And I didn't understand that at first. And so we had a couple of brands really flop. And we spent a lot of money on uh, packaging and marketing on something that, that was confused and, and didn't work before we found, finally found the brand now caddy that's doing well. What is the most expensive lesson you've ever learned? Oof. Don't overpay for licenses in, uh, you know, in an emerging market. All right.
0: Prediction time. Willie, what skill do you predict will be most influential for leaders over the next five to 10 years relative to the cannabis industry?
1: Relative to the cannabis industry. Flexibility, the ability to pivot, the ability to be nimble, make, make decisions, not get stuck, not get bogged down in something and, and ride it until you die. So Willie, for our listeners, they want to get in touch. They want to learn more about you. They want to join the group. Where can they find you? Willie McKenzie on LinkedIn elite cannabis operators on LinkedIn and at Willie McKenzie official on Instagram. Awesome. I'm at, we'll link it all up in the show notes. Thanks for taking the time. This was a lot of fun. All right, fellas.
0: Nice seeing you. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, if you've enjoyed this podcast over the last few years, can you please take three minutes or less and leave us a quick review on Apple or Spotify? All reviews make a massive difference for us and help other people like you find this podcast from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you.